Hi, my name is Barry Sterling Mitchell. Today is October 19th, 2022, and this is Ben and Barry on football. What up out there, everybody? This is Ben Dickerson, your co-host. Real quick, nine and five last week, so I'm still on the right side of 500. We've got four more teams on the bye this week. That would be the Bills, the Rams, the Vikings, and the Eagles. Take it away, bro. Yeah, the Sterling Net Point Power Rankings kind of reverted back to the way it was looking in week 14. Um, and, you know, it, it had me thinking, uh, is it, you know, is it the rankings or is this something bigger than that? And as I did a little bit of research, apparently the odds makers were struggling also with some of these people that, you know, are winning. Uh, you know, we'll, I'll throw like the Jets Green Bay out there, for example. You know what I mean? And so... It, it it it's it's interesting to see you know how closely aligned the Sterling Net Point Power Rankings and or actually the Bias Flush Reports, which actually looks at the matchups, are to Vegas. Uh, I literally sat down while um little before the show, and I have my you know my spreadsheet there, and I'm looking at the favorites for the Bias Flush Reports and the favorites for Vegas. And there's only three that we disagree on. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll see how many I disagree on. Okay, absolutely. But I'm just so surprised that I mean that, you know, it's aligned that closely. That's what's blowing my mind. It's like, you know, how is this working out like that? So let's get ready to kick it off with number one, the Sterling Net Point Power Rankings, where we're going to look at the average net points or the margin of victory, which is how we rank everything. We're going to look at uh, points scored or points for, as it's reported, points against. All right, so that's your offense. There's your defense points against. And then the other stat that we follow closely, average turnover differential. So let's get ready to rumble with the Sterling net point power rankings. All right, Benny, feast your eyes on the top 10 in the Sterling Net Point Power Rankings. Again, we go across the top. Uh, we have the ranking, the team, the ANP, or average net points. Again, these are averages, average points for, average points against, and average turnover differential. Let's just look across the board at one. We have on net points, Buffalo, the Buffalo Bills. On scoring, Kansas City Chiefs. On defense, Buffalo Bills. And on turnover differential, the Philadelphia Eagles. So there's your number ones across the board right there, Benny. <laughs> and I would venture to guess that if you ask a bunch of people to give you their top three teams in the league right now, those three teams will probably come up quite a bunch of times. Oh, especially where we live at. I mean, they're still, Absolutely. <laughs> they're still bloating up a storm over <laughs> the game pass, you know. But guess what? These guys are undefeated. They're the only undefeated team still. So you got to give them their props. Still. I did have to remind one beloved Eagle fan that uh, they have the uh, weakest strength of schedule in the league. That is true. <laughs> That's not their fault. No, I didn't say it's their fault. It's just the fact, you know, it's all what I call context, keeping things in context. Let's go down one through 10. All right. We got Buffalo. And again, average net points, net points can be both positive and negative. You will see it some as we move down the ranks that at any time, half of the league is in the negative. But these are all positive. And we go from Buffalo Bills again at plus 15.8. Average net points. Philadelphia Eagles at plus 9.3 in second place. In third place, my beloved San Francisco 49ers at 5.5. Number four, Kansas City Chiefs at plus five. And to round out the top five, Ben, you gotta love Billy Zappy. Gotta love him. Plus 4.7 to round up in the top five net points for the Patriots. From six through 10, we have Jackson, Jacksonville, the Jaguars, the Bengals, the Vikings, Tampa Bay, and Baltimore, ranging from four, 3.8, 3.53, and 2.8, respectively.
respectively. There you go. So we have a range of 15.8 down to 2.8. That's a 13 average net point spread there, which is kind of strong for all in the top 10. You know what I'm saying? That's pretty strong for top 10. I can't argue with that. I would have to say that. Obviously, the Buffalo Bills are showing their dominance, being the only team to have uh, uh, to be in double digits. 15.8 points uh, difference per game is pretty strong. Yeah, especially consider some of the uh, competition that they played. You know what I'm saying? So, all right. The scoring, the, the, the teams that are putting up the points – Kansas City in first place at 29.8. Buffalo in second place at 29.3. <laughs> How close is that, right? 0.5 separation and scoring. Detroit Lions have had no trouble scoring this year. They do have problem winning, however. Philadelphia Eagles at 26.8, getting their, getting their points up a little bit there. They were down in the 20s. They got their points up a little bit against the Cowboys. Baltimore Ravens, 26.3 in fifth place. That rounds out your top five in scoring. From there, we go to the Vegas Raiders at 25 for sixth place. And then we have, respectively, seventh through 10th, Cleveland, Atlanta, Seattle, and the Jets, 24.7, 24.3 for Atlanta and Seattle, and then 23.8 for the Jets. So these are the teams, they're all, you know, just one under 24 points a game. And, you know, my magic number is always 28, but uh, hey, you know, that's not bad. That's not bad. So that's on the offensive side. Anything? All I'll say is the fans in Atlanta, Seattle, and the Jets fans were probably thinking things would be pretty bleak this season, but at least they have exciting offenses that they can look at. These guys are scoring points. They are scoring points. They're talking about the uh, the youth of the Jets. There's so many of these guys are uh, like under 24 years old. So that's how you build a winner. Yeah, well, there you go. There you go. All right, let's look at defense. And yes, Kansas City might be 0.5 points ahead of Buffalo in scoring, but Buffalo's in first place, only giving up 13.5 points per game. I don't see Kansas City in the top 10 there in terms of <laughs> points. But second place, my San Francisco 49ers at 14.8 points per game. Dallas Cowboys at 16.3. Denver at 16.5. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers rounding out fifth place at 17.2. Then you get to the Philadelphia Eagles. Again, their number got skewed a bit when they played that first game against the Lions, and uh, it got into a score fest. Um, so they, they they gave up a ton of points. Um, since then, I don't think they've been as bad. And then they, I know they haven't. They haven't given up anything like that. Um, as a matter of fact, seventh place then. Um, so I don't know if I said it's sixth place with the Philadelphia Eagles at 17.5. Seventh place, 18.8, tied with the New York football Giants at 18.8 points per game. Your Giants is in the top 10, Benny, in defense. Yes, sir. Jacksonville Jaguars at ninth and the Cincinnati Bengals at 19.2. That's 19 and 19.2, respectively, to round out the top 10 in scoring. How you like those defenses? I'll tell you, man, I, I got to give the Eagles credit. Without the skew, like you said, from that first game where they gave up all those points to the Lions, they'd be much higher up on the list. The fact that they're playing so well defensively still has them sitting at number six, even with that bad first game. They're really getting it done on both sides of the ball, man. The Eagles are looking real, real scary right now. Well, you know, interestingly, let's see here. Ah... Well, in the last three games, they've given up an average of 18.3 points per game. So that's a little, you know, that you, you would think that that, that puts them right where they're at. Yeah, but I, I guess what I'm saying is as I'm looking at even in the last uh, three games, New England, 14 points per game. 
Buffalo, 14.3. You know, so uh, it's, you might, if you're giving up 18, you know, this, this, the challenge is coming. The challenge is coming. But in any event, that's your top 10 in defense. And lastly, turnover differential. There's Philly in first place. They got three out of Cooper Rush, who had not thrown any. Got a tie for second and third at 0.7. Houston is in fourth place in turnover differential at plus 0.6. And again, turnover differential, like net points can go positive and negative. Your next two, which is fifth and sixth place, is Tampa Bay and Buffalo at 0.5. Your next three at seventh through ninth place, actually seventh through tenth place, your next four is all 0.3. That's Dallas, Atlanta, Arizona, and the Chargers. So there's your top 10, Benny, across the board. Ready to move on? Sure. Here's 11 through 20. Ah, there you go, net points. Jets, Giants, Dallas, Atlanta, Vegas, Denver, Chargers, Cleveland, Houston, and Green Bay. Now, from the Jets down to Atlanta, you got 2.5, 2.32, and 1.7. That's in the plus for average net points. So that's their average margin of victory. You know, the, that means that they, you know, when you put all the points together, what they did, what they gave up, what they, you know, scored and what they gave up, that's the small differential. Now from 15 down to 20, you're in the negative with Vegas, Denver, the Chargers, Cleveland, Houston, and probably the surprise there, Green Bay at 20th. That's minus 1, 1 1.3, 1.8, 2.5, 2.6, and Green Bay at minus 2.7 net points there. Whew, that's pretty tough. Points four, 11th place, the Saints, 12th place, New England Patriots tied with the Chargers at 23.5. We always talk about um, neighborhoods. So this is where it gets to be interesting to see who's in whose neighborhood. Um, it's, it's, it's intriguing when you're in the top 10. Yeah, you see these guys. Sometimes they're there and then some, sometimes they're not. But when you see certain teams hanging around in certain neighborhoods, all right, you got, you got some questions here. Points for the scoring ranges from 23 and a half, which is your top three, 11, 12, and 13, New Orleans, New England, and the Chargers. 23.5, it drops to 23.2 and 23 tied for Jacksonville and Cincinnati. It drops then to 21 points at 21.8 for Miami and your Giants, 20.2 for the Giants, 21.2 rather. San Francisco at 20.3 and Tampa Bay at 20.2. So your scoring surprise has to be Tampa Bay averaging just 20 points per game. Um, everybody else... I don't think they're that far out of their norm. What do you think? Well, uh, obviously, I expected the Chargers to be playing a lot better than they are. 23.5 is not terrible as far as points scored per game, but I expected a lot more from them. And obviously, I expected a lot more from Tampa Bay as far as scoring is concerned. I'm not going to say I'm too excited about the Niners. Uh, I still believe that their offense will continue to improve. Um, other than that, all I can say is 21.2 points per game from the New York Giants looks really good to me. <laughs> yeah, because your defense is, is not giving up anything there, you know? So uh, your defense, what, 18 points a game? Yep. There you go. Top 10. If you're scoring 20 and giving up 18, guess what you do? You score Man. more than you give up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's look at average um, points against, and I have a YTD there, year-to-date, um, and it is year-to-date, but that column is average points against. So you have Chicago and Minnesota tied at 19.7, Houston right there in the neighborhood at 19.8. These are points allowed. Indianapolis, Green Bay, 20.2 and 20.5. That gives you 11 through 15. There's your Rams in 16th place. That's probably the surprise there for me anyway, uh, at 21 points per game. The Jets, 21.3. Washington, 22.5. Atlanta, 22.7. 
And Baltimore, 23.5 points per game. Hmm. That's another bit of a surprise, but they're talking about the Baltimore secondary. Turnover differential, there's your Giants tied with Seattle, 11th and 12th. Pittsburgh, Tennessee, the Jets, and New England all tied at point two for 13 through 16. Jacksonville, Denver, and Cincinnati breaking even at zero for 17 through 19. And Kansas City at minus point two turnover differential. That last interception that Mahomes threw figures into that definitely. <laughs> so that's your top 20, Benny. Okay. Uh, don't want to get too carried away. I know people know I'm a Giants fan. I'm not bragging, but let's face it. Who would believe it? Num uh, top 10 in defense, just outside the top 10 in turnover differential, top 20 in scoring, and they've earned every bit of it. Five and one, baby. Let's go. All right. Spoken like a true fan there. Yep. That's about all the fandom you get out of me tonight. <laughs> Well, maybe. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Uh -huh. We'll see. We shall see. Okay. 21 through 32. So this is that bottom group. You've got New Orleans, Seattle, Indianapolis, the Rams, Miami, Chicago, Tennessee, Arizona, Washington, Detroit, Carolina, and in 32nd place, that's Pittsburgh, and that's ranging from minus 2.8 net points down to minus 8.2. Mm. And for Pittsburgh, that includes their win. But it also includes that big loss they had last week where they gave up a ton of points. Points four, we've got Tennessee at 19.2, Arizona at 19, Dallas at 18.3. And that 18.3... Uh, is as positive as it is because of Cooper Rush. Now, I know he lost the one game and didn't lose it that much, but uh, Dak lost the first game, and that was a pretty substantial loss, like 20 points or something like that. Green Bay, 17.8 points per game. That's what, that's what the Packers are putting up right now, and they're right there with the Rams at 17.3. The Houston Texans, 17.2, tied with the Carolina Panthers and the Indianapolis Colts at 17.2. The Commanders at 17 points per game. These are points for again. And Pittsburgh, 16.2. Chicago, 15.8. And Denver with the high price. Russell Wilson, let's ride, is in mm. last place in scoring. It's amazing. It's amazing. All right. Team... APA average points against, we got Tennessee, Arizona, Pittsburgh, Carolina, and Kansas City at 25. So that ranges from 23.6 to 24.8 points that they're giving up per game. Now, here's where your Chargers could be having a problem, Benny, at 26. They're giving mm -hmm. up 25.3 points per game, just a tad above Miami at 25.8. The Raiders giving up 26. New Orleans, 26.3. Cleveland and Seattle. 27.8 and Detroit in last place at 34 points per game is what's the I'm sorry, did I say Detroit? Yes, Detroit. The Detroit Lions are giving up 34 points on average. This is on average. That is a bananas. Um turnover differential, you've got Chicago, the Niners, Carolina, Vegas, Detroit, Cleveland, Green Bay, Washington, Miami, the Rams. Indianapolis and New Orleans filling out your 21st through 32nd place. Everybody's around 0 0.3, 0 0.4, 0.5. Green Bay's at 0.7, Washington and Miami and the Rams, <coughs> excuse me, and Indianapolis at 0.8. And New Orleans, 1.2 minus, and these are all minus numbers in terms of turnover differential at last place at minus 1.2. So, there's your full 32 teams, Sterling Pro Football net point power rankings covering average net points, points for, points against, and average turnover differential. 
Anything else before we move on to the next thing, which is the Bias Plus reports? All I'll say is, no matter who you are, if you're in that bottom section of turnover differential, no matter how bad you seem to be playing, like Chicago and like Washington, or how good you seem to be playing, like San Francisco and, well, I don't really see anybody else. <laughs> It's going to be hard to win games. You're going to always have that little shadow over you if you give the ball away more than you take it away. That's well, I will say there's a problem. That 21 through, we'll say, 26, that's that's a decimal of a, of a turnover differential. So these, these are all teams that can, I think, you know, with a small improvement, get into the positive. Um, you know, like Cleveland, they're, you know, 0.5. They're, you know, one half of a turnover on the minus side. So that can be the difference in the close game, no doubt about it. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, they can they can correct that, I think. Now, some of these teams might be just lucky. <laughs> we shall see. Okie doke. Uh, yeah, so that's the Sterling Net Point Power Rankings, Betty, um, as we – Take that. Take a look at that. Next up, we are going to go into the uh, Pro Football Bias Plus reports. Of course, now just a quick explanation again. We just went through the Sterling Net Point Power Rankings, so now we're in the part where we have these teams and they're playing each other. So it's the matchup time. The idea behind the Sterling or the Bias Plus reports is basically this: if one team is winning by an average of 25 points and they play another team, which is winning by an average of five points. Then the team that's winning by an average of 25 points is favored by the difference, which is 25 minus five or 20. So that would be a bias plus favoring the 25 point uh, net point team um, by a bias plus score of 20. So that's how we basically do that calculation. It's all about differentials. And so that's what kind of makes it a little crazy, but it's still basic fundamental math. So let's take a look at it. You ready? I'm ready. First one up, Saints at Cardinals. Bias plus score of 0.4 favors the Saints. Bias plus score. Ah, the Saints. Point four. Point four, less than half. Jeez. Yeah. That's a, I don't, you know what? For some reason, I thought that wasn't going to be that close. Uh, okay, it's the turnover differential that makes the difference. Yeah. Okay, so the Saints have to go to Arizona this weekend. So let's look at last week. Uh, with Andy Dalton at the helm, the Saints held a 26-24 lead over Cincinnati, who was visiting the Superdome last week. And with three minutes and 41 seconds left in regulation, a nice drive and a couple of first downs might have sealed things up. But instead, the Saints went three and out, punted, got scored on, and then went three and out again to lose a perfectly winnable game. So much for Andy Dalton, the quarterback. I guess the Taysom Hill experiment was short-lived. Looks like Jameis Winston should be back next week. We'll see what happens with the Saints. Now, it's going to be tough for the Cardinals to win games if their offense continues to sputter like it did last week on the road against division rival Seattle. As usual, Kyler Murray continues to be expected to carry this team on his back. He led the team in rushing with 100 yards on 10 carries, and he got sacked six times. He didn't throw a touchdown pass. He lost wide receiver Marquise Brown indefinitely with a foot injury. They still don't know how bad it is. And I had, at this point, I have no idea who their starting running back is going to be this weekend coming up. Looks like everybody's hurt. Connor's down. Eno Benjamin's down. Everybody's down. I, I have no idea who the starting running back is going to be. Now, have, it has to be Corey Clement. <laughs> well, you know what? There's a possibility that there could be an opening for Corey 
to definitely get carries, if not get the start. Now, last week, he only played special teams, so he didn't get any carries. They went, they went deep into the depth chart. I, I saw some guy on the stat page that I never even heard of got a couple carries. Mm. But hopefully, Corey will get a shot. Um, now, the good news for the Cardinals is DeAndre Hopkins' suspension is finally over. So he'll be back this week. He'll be in practice all week. Make sure he's getting his timing down with, with Kyler, and he will be able to play this week again. Now, I don't know if that's going to be enough to get them over the hump. Um, this could be a tough game for the Cardinals, but I think they'll be able to get enough done at home to beat the Saints. I'm going to take the cards. Going against the bias on the first game. Going against the bias, but you're going with Vegas. Okay. Arizona's favored by minus two. Not big, but they were favored by Vegas. I'm kind of running this again because, again, like I said, I was surprised at how close the Vegas odds were to what we were doing with the bias plus reports. Um, And, again, let's hope to see our buddy, Corey Clement, getting some carries. Falcons at Bengals, bias plus score 1.8 favors the Bengals. Okay, Bengals get the bias as they should, and they're at home. Oh, let's see. So the Falcons, wow. With the 49ers' number one defense coming to town last week, the Falcons knew they would have to get back to basics and start doing what they do best. That's exactly what they did. Marcus Mariota led the charge. He threw a mere 14 passes, but he completed 13 of them. Two of them went for touchdowns. Super efficient. The other thing they do really well is run the ball, and they were efficient at that also. Mariota carried the ball six times for 50 yards. Tyler Algier carried the ball 15 times for 51 yards. Caleb Hunter, 16 times for 59 yards. Everybody got into the act. Very balanced attack on offense. Good job by the Falcons. The Bengals went on the road to New Orleans last week fell behind the Saints, who pounded them with a very efficient run game, but then ran out of gas in the fourth quarter. As I just said before, they had two three-and-outs, punted, got scored on, and eventually lost the game. Um, Joe Burrow basically got it done. He was able to overtake them for the win. Uh, He threw for 300 yards, three touchdowns through the air, and he scored one on the ground. So – that sounds pretty good to me. I think the Bengals are kind of having a little resurgence. Falcons will have to go into Cincinnati. I'm going to take the Bengals for the win. Vegas has them as a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Wow. I know. I'm surprised. Now, I'll tell you what. That Falcons run game is really scary. But the Bengals defense, I think, has been playing a little bit better. But, again – as I just said, New Orleans had a lot of success running the ball on them last week. So I don't know. I, I'm 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 gonna go with the Bengals. I'm gonna stick with my pick, but this could be a bit, bit rough for them. Well, you know, and when you're looking at the net point rankings again, this is for the season. So um sometimes these guys are just starting to get their act together, you know what I mean? Right. And really kind of, you know, uh, getting it right. And so, you know, we don't know where Atlanta stands in that, whether they're kind of really starting to figure it out or what, you know. They got the run game figured out, that's for sure. Now, whether they can stop Joe Burrow through the air, I don't know. Right, right. That That's another, that's another scenario. Um, you're not playing my Niners, which, you know, uh, we're, we're not what you call a potent offense at this point. <laughs> so... It's it's uh, it's going to be like that. All right, Benny. So the next one up is Browns at the Ravens. Bias plus score of six point five favors the Ravens. Okay, sounds good. Big time divisional matchup. Uh, what the Browns do last week with the shaky defense going on? I don't know. Cleveland's defense, I thought was going to be. I didn't think they would be great this year, but I thought they'd be a lot better than they have been. Uh, they got to go and visit Baltimore. Could be a problem. Last weekend, they were home against the Patriots, and they got handled by rookie quarterback Bailey Zappi and a very dialed-in Patriots defense. 
Jacoby Brissett got sacked four times and committed three turnovers. Not good. Not good at all. Also, when we look at the Ravens, this is what we see. Yes, they will be at home. But after starting the season off on fire, Lamar Jackson has seemed to struggle throwing the ball lately. Seems like tight end Mark Andrews is the only receiver that can consistently get open. And Lamar's missed a few open guys, too. So I don't know what's going on over there. They're going to have to tighten up the playbook. I know they just uh, they just signed Deshaun Jackson, who just won't go away. What is he, like 45 years old? Jeez. That's <laughs> been around forever. I don't know if that's going to open things up for them anymore. Um, but we'll see. I really want to go with the Ravens at home, but they look so iffy. But that doggone Browns defense let me down too many times. I think Lamar uh, has a little bounce back and Baltimore beats the Browns. I'm going to go with the Ravens. Going with the Ravens. That's great. And as a matter of fact, I see this is one of those things where I said it's scary because um, bias plus score is 6.5 and the Ravens are favored by Vegas at minus six. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really strange. Pretty close. Pretty close, I know. All right. Colts at Titans. Can you ready to hit that one? Bias plus score of 0. 0.4 favors the Colts. 0. 0.4. Very close one again. Bias goes to the Colts. Okay, let's see. Colts will be the uh traveling team this time. Now last week. Colts found themselves in a shootout with Jacksonville. Jacksonville somehow still scoring points, even though the tide has kind of turned for them. But we'll talk about them later. Um, Old man Matty Ice with no running game to speak of. Zero run game. Jonathan Taylor is down. They can't find a running back that can carry the ball for double-digit yards anywhere on their squad. So Matty Ice pretty much had to carry the offense with his arm. He went a stunning 42 of 58. 58, that's a lot of passes for an old man. 389 yards and three touchdowns. Now, he's got a very important division game coming up this week against the Titans. They have to go to Tennessee. The Titans are coming off the bye. I am going to take the Titans coming off the bye to be ready and prepared to sick Derrick Henry on the Colts' defense and um, take that one. Yeah, let's go Titans. All right, going against the bias, going with Vegas, who favors the Titans by minus two. So that's very interesting there. All right, next up we have Lions at Cowboys. Bias plus score 9.1 favors the Cowboys. Dak is back. Dak is back. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so the Lions uh, were on the bye last week, but I'm pretty sure they still got that bad taste in their mouths after that shutout at the hands of uh, of the New England Patriots uh, back in week five. So they had a whole week to get themselves together. I don't know if it'll be enough, though, because they got to go to Dallas, AT&T Stadium, Jerry World. Now, after leading Dallas to four straight wins, Cooper Rush finally met a defense that his OC couldn't scheme him through. And under the bright lights of a primetime game in Philadelphia at the link, the stadium was full of screaming Eagles fans and real quiet Philadelphia Cowboys fans. (laughs) There's a lot of Cowboy fans in Philadelphia, by the way, for people who don't live in Philadelphia and don't know. And they were out there in full force. But this game was a little bit too big for old Cooper Rush. Kudos to him for winning four straight. But they fell behind and they could never get close enough to mount a comeback. Uh, He got intercepted three times by a really good Eagles defense. And the only good news now for the Cowboys is Dak is back. Hopefully for them, he will play well right out of this gate. I expect him to do so against the Lions, so I'm going to go with Dak and the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, the the Lions' defense is is – the worst, literally. Giving up 34 points a game, right, on average. You know what I mean? Dak is back. Um, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see, how, you know, how they operate and whether 
they they change much. I'm talking about the Cowboys, you know, whether they go a little more pass heavy or they try to stick to, you know, a balanced attack, you know, a little more like Cooper Rush had. So it'll be interesting to see how they how they handle that. Um, I want to give kudos to the, the Eagles um, offense and I guess the offensive coordinator because they handled Michael Parsons in a way that was almost uh, martial arts-like. Because <laughs> when you start to run that option and you put him in a situation where he's not even being blocked and he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know who to go get because he's got Hurts coming at him and he's got receivers popping out on that side and nobody's even blocking him. And he's getting they, – they literally schemed uh, one of those things. You know how you say a lot of times when you have a dominant – let's say a dominant defensive end or person, you just go right at them for some, sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. you do it through brute force. Right. Sometimes you do it through – you know, a little bit more, you know, like I said, through leverage, you know? Right. And um they did a they did a great job. They they Jalen Hurts, you know, I was surprised when I, I, I heard a little more about his family, his father uh, being a coach. Um and his so his football knowledge and, and, and background is pretty deep. Physically, he's a pretty strong guy. He's as a guy who runs, I think he's probably sturdier than a lot of the running backs that are that that can run and he's a little bigger than a lot of them um he squats 500 pounds plus there you go so you know he again he's always a threat and so they're running that that sort of mixed uh, uh hybrid of an option and a regular offense so it, it'll be interesting to see um I did add you know lend one always want to lend context and as I mentioned before um, they have the uh, the NFC East was blessed with the easiest strength of schedule, so you know everything's going to be taken with a bit of a grain of salt. But um, Lions and Cowboys, I'm not arguing with that one iota. They also um, Vegas is favoring them by minus seven, favoring the Cowboys. Packers at the Commanders again, Benny. Say it with me. The Commanders. No, I refuse. Bias plus score, 2.9 <laughs> favors the Green Bay Packers. And you know what I saw in, in the breakdowns here? The Packers' offensive line got brutalized last week by the Jets' defensive line. And my man, Quinnen Williams, who is hilarious. If you've ever watched him before when he was first coming out of college, He's hilarious, but it wasn't funny what he was doing to that Green Bay line. <laughs> yeah, they had their way with him. But even worse, the Packers' run defense, which has betrayed them a couple of times this season, did it again, also against the Jets. Every time Aaron Rodgers seemed to be on the verge of bringing the Packers back, the Jets surged ahead again. Now, the issues on offense don't seem to be getting any better either. But good thing looks like uh i'm sorry i lost my place where i was looking at okay i sometimes i try to talk and look at things at the same time because they're playing the commanders this week even though they have to go to washington looks like a get right game for the packers so i think aaron Rodgers and those guys will be able to get together and pull out the win here i'm going to take the packers going to take the packers going yes, with the bias going with vegas packers are five point favorites next up Giants and the Jaguars. Bias plus score, uh-oh, 1.4 favors the Jaguars. Jags got the bias. Jags got the bias. Uh, yeah, well, they had a couple good games early on. Anyway, now it's time for a little bit more fandom. Sorry, I don't usually do this, but I'm going to do it. So the New York football Giants continue to find ways to win games that in the past they would have lost. That's pretty obvious if you follow the NFL and you hear about it every day on television. They defeated the visiting Ravens last week as quarterback Daniel Jones threw two touchdown passes. Both those touchdown passes went to rookie players, wide receiver Wandale Robinson and tight end Daniel Bellinger. 
who I really like, by the way. Keep an eye on Daniel Bellinger. He's an emerging tight end, okay? Safety, Julian Love intercepted Lamar Jackson, which set up a TD run by Saquon Barkley to complete a comeback from 10 points down. Again, not something that the Giants were famous for. Coming from behind was something that they just couldn't seem to do the last couple seasons, but now they can. They've done it several times this season, as a matter of fact. Rookie number one, uh, first-round draft pick, Kayvon Thibodeau, recorded a sack fumble on Lamar, which was Lamar's second turnover of the game, which was recovered by D-tackle Leonard Williams. And uh, Saquon got the uh, crucial first down to run out the clock for the win. He could have walked in for the touchdown, but he slid and let the clock run and won the game, something that the Cleveland Browns neglected to do a week or two ago. Now, they're playing the Jaguars, and they have to go to Jacksonville. After two early big wins over the Colts and the Chargers, the surprising Jaguars are beginning to fade, especially defensively. Now, they're still kind of scoring points offensively, but defensively, they're looking worse and worse every week. Uh, again, offensively, this past weekend, they went right after the Colts, the same as they did in their first meeting, and had tremendous success with their run game. Trevor Lawrence threw one touchdown, and he actually ran in two on the ground. And the Jags gashed the Colts for 243 yards on the ground in total. But Matt Ryan shredded Jaguar secondary, who was just completely slumping week after week. He tossed a beautiful pass with 17 seconds left to wide receiver Alec Pierce for the win. Nice job by Matty Ice. Every time we try to shovel some dirt on this guy, he comes back. That being said, the Jaguars' defense is looking really leaky. I got to go with the New York football giants. Now, okay, you're really beating up on the uh, Jaguars' defense. Interestingly, uh, they're ranked ninth, giving up 19 points a game. Yeah, well, guess what? They beat up the Colts the first time they played them. In fact, I think they shut them out. They also hung a nice win on the Chargers, so they're skewed. Those two games put them where they are. The skew. Right. Every week after that, they've played worse and worse. <laughs> the skew is in, eh? <laughs> Well, you know, you, you might be right. As, as I take a quick look here um, for the last three games, Jacksonville is hmm, down near the in the bottom third. Right. So bottom fourth, actually. So yeah, they they're they're giving up uh last three over 25 points a game. So Absolutely, absolutely. All right. So you're going with the Jaguars. But Ben. I'm going with the Giants. I mean, you're going with the Giants. I'm sorry. You're going with the Giants. Vegas is going with the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're minus three mm. favorites. So there we go. All right. Let's see. Buccaneers at Panthers. Bias plus score of 11 favors the Buccaneers. All right, Tom. What you going to do? <laughs> well, I can't lie. I expected the Bucks to stroll in the Three Rivers Stadium last weekend and have their way with the Steelers. The crazy thing is the Bucks actually drove into the red zone four times on the day, but they only came away with one touchdown. Ryan Suckup had to kick field goals on the other three times down, and that was just to keep the score close. Bucks aren't looking good. Offense is struggling. Defense is struggling. Ah, it's getting scary down there. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about Tom Brady going to uh, his old owner, what's his name, Kraft, Kraft's wedding last week. He missed a practice, and then he got caught on the sideline cursing out the offensive line during the game. So uh, people are starting to wonder if perhaps this is the end of the line for Brady. doesn't seem like he really loves the game like he used to. That's, that's the word on the street anyway, but that still remains to be seen. 
the Panthers only have one viable player on their offense. That's sad to say. That one player is Christian McCaffrey. Personally, I hope they find a trade partner and get him out of Carolina before he gets injured again. He can really help a team coming down the stretch, especially a team that needs a good running back, maybe to carry them to and through the playoffs. So we're hearing a lot of talk about him being courted by the 49ers. Personally, I don't think the 49ers should take him. First of all, it's going to cost them a whole heck of a lot of money. Second of all, it's going to cost them a draft pick or two. And third of all, they do really well with running backs. There's nothing wrong with Jeff Wilson, although he had a little tough time last week. And Elijah Mitchell should be back soon. I don't think that makes sense for them, but that's just me, you know. I agree with you. I agree with yeah. you 100% on that. Um, and, and again, without your, your all, all everything left tackle, you know, your run game, your pass game is going to suffer right. a little bit. Um, and, you know, you didn't even go further down. There's, there's, there's even more backs further down that I don't see them reaching down for it. That looks to me basically that there's some talent there. So right. I, don't, I, I agree with you. I mean, he's a great addition. Nobody would not want him. But like you said, the other part of the balance sheet, how much he's going to cost to draft some money is questionable. Bias plus score 11 favors the Buccaneers. And Benny, you have taken. I am taking the Buccaneers. This is another one of those scary things with Vegas. The Bucks are favored by minus 11. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, I know, but it matches <laughs> exactly. The Under normal circumstances, I wouldn't say it's a lot, but the Bucks' offense is struggling. Yeah, I know. In, in terms of that, yeah, for sure. That's a that's a and that's that was the kind of uh, uh, favor that they had against the Steelers. <laughs> yeah, exactly, a game I thought they would walk away with. Yeah, but but the Panthers are really weak. Got troubles. Got troubles. All right, yeah. Texans. <laughs> At Raiders, by plus score, 0. 0.6, 0. 0.6, favors those Raiders. Raiders get the bias. Okay. Bias. So both these teams are coming off the bye. Uh, I'll tell you now, I'm going to go with the Raiders. Uh, but let's not, be, uh, let's not forget, Devontae Adams shoved that cameraman back in Kansas City last week, and he now faces misdemeanor assault charges. I don't think anything is going to come of it until probably after the season. And, of course, the NFL is going to wait and see what the justice system does first. But I'm sure that he's going to get suspended at least some games next year uh, because of the code of conduct rules. So that's something to look forward to. But at this point, it looks like he's still playing. So I'm going to take the Raiders. Last the score, 0 0.6 favors the Raiders. Vegas is favoring the Raiders even a little more strongly at minus seven. So I'm a little surprised about that. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets at Broncos. I don't think Russell wants to see Quentin Williams coming up that middle like he did last week against the Packers. Bias plus score, 4.5 favors the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. And, Benny, it occurred to me this week that the Jets are the only NFL team that I can claim a family member played for. Oh, Johnny Sample? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, the only one. So I guess I have to give them a little favor. I mean, I'm always going to be Niners at heart, but, you know, got to like the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Their fans have been long-suffering, but they've been crazy. So who do you have on this one? Man, right now the Jets are looking good. They are actually surging. They defeated the Packers at Lambeau Field last weekend for their third count them, one, two, Three wins in a row. They did it with a strong run game. They cranked out 179 total yards on the ground. And they had a very active defense that recorded four sacks, nine quarterback hits, and a fumble recovery. They gave Aaron Rodgers all kinds of hell. 
Meanwhile, the Broncos lost their third game in a row versus the Chargers. Very ugly game. I don't seem to have a, they don't seem to have a clue uh, as to how to turn this thing around. A lot of talk about Russell Wilson, but that he's he's only one problem. They got a bunch of problems, man. I I can't think of too many good things to say about the Broncos right now. I'm going to go with the Jets to go on the road at mile high and win their fourth game in a row. Going with the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. However, Vegas is favoring Denver by uh, minus one. Yeah, well, they're home, and it's it's the law of averages probably. They're probably saying, hey, these guys got to win a game sooner or later. Well, Russell's going to have to get his act together sooner or later. Well, if he does that, they'll win a game. They'll win a game. <laughs> we shall see. All right. Chiefs at my beloved 49ers. Come on in, Levi. Bias first score of 0. 0.4. favors the 49ers. Mm. Oh, Ben. And I yeah. was wrong. I said three out of the games. There's this is four. Vegas, Vegas don't agree with me on this one either. Oh no, nah. <laughs> Again, well, these are a, a minus two point five favorites. Not big, but favorites nonetheless. Yeah, uh, and, and you're you're probably favored because of your defense and the lack thereof from the Chiefs. But I get tired of talking about how much I disrespect the Chiefs' defense, so I'm not even going to mention it this time. Oh, I just did. Oops, <laughs> oops. oops. Uh, so anyway, last week the Chiefs played host to the Buffalo Bills, and it turned out to be another thriller between these two teams. Unfortunately for the Chiefs, they came out on the losing end of this one as Patrick Mahomes actually got outplayed by his counterpart, Josh Allen. Mahomes threw two touchdown passes, Allen threw three, and Mahomes got burned for two interceptions. Even though the Niners' re injury report was pretty extensive, especially on defensive side of the ball last week, um, them losing to the Falcons was still a surprise to me. I, 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 I knew about the injuries, but I respect their defense so much that I thought the Falcons would not be able to mount enough of an attack to take them out. Here's the problem. Even though they struggled to control Atlanta's run game, they had plenty of opportunities to help themselves, and instead they uncharacteristically shot themselves in the foot. Garoppolo threw two interceptions. Jeff Wilson lost a fumble. And a couple of receivers dropped some deep balls that hit them square in their hands. Mm. That cannot happen. It's funny. You watch the talking heads on television. They were just praising Garoppolo. Oh, my God, it's so good he stayed. Oh, the team loves him. Oh, it's such a good thing for the, for the Niners that he was still there when Trey Lance got hurt. Oh, he's this. He's that. He knows the system. He's going to get better. Yeah, I still, I'm still saying all that. Today, they're ripping Garoppolo to shreds. He can't get it done. He's not that good. You can't afford to drop passes. Because his accuracy isn't that good, it's these guys are crazy, man. <laughs> it's nuts listening to this stuff on television. It's the things they say one day make it seem like they never said what they said the other day. <laughs> Insane. Anyway, um, Chiefs are coming to town, buddy. I don't know. You know I love your Niners. But uh, Chiefs just took one on the chin from Buffalo last week. I got to go with them. Even with that defense that you dislike, eh? Yeah, even with that defense that I dislike. Oh, man, you know something? Reality-wise, you have to say they would be favored, especially, uh, you know, depending on where we stand. I'm talking about my Niners with that injury list. And, again, the challenge with the Niners is they had so many guys playing well that we really weren't that familiar with that when they get hurt, we don't know. How much we actually lost it's kind of hard to figure out yeah it's kind of crazy i think a couple guys are scheduled to come back but again it's wednesday and we won't know that for sure until friday so i might want to change to the niners come then but for now i'll stick with my pick i'll take the chiefs 
Yeah, and I, like I said, I already mentioned that, um, you know, Vegas is going with the Chiefs also. Uh, I was just trying to take a quick look because, you know, dealing with uh, all of our uh, Eagle fans um, and when the uh, subject of my Niners came up, uh, the one guy was like, you know, I, I said, you know, we had a lot of a lot of uh, injuries. And he's like, oh, they're all professionals. Yeah, um, I saw that, man. You know what? It's it's funny. <laughs> when it's your team, it's like, oh, man, oh, team is hurt. We got all these guys missing. And when it's somebody else's team and your team's doing good, I don't want to hear any excuses. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I know, I know. That's fans I, for you. There was a person on Twitter who actually posted a list of the uh, the injuries. I saw that list. Did you incredible. see that list? I mean, especially on defense. I mean, Insane. I'm like, Christmas. It's a wonder you know, they can sue people up. Yeah, no. <laughs> people off the uh, off the street to the practice uh, squad, so they can bring the practice squad up to the game, but. Like I said, um, it makes it makes sense. All things considered, Kansas City is favored. You're going with Kansas City. <laughs> yep. Alrighty, alrighty, alrighty. Well, let's see here. We have the Seahawks at the Chargers in the bias plus score of one. The loneliest number favors the Chargers. And Benny, how old would you have to be to get that reference? <laughs> That song reference. Um, <laughs> you probably have to be our age. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Do you know where I first heard Three Dog Night? Because that's who sang that. When I used to work with my dad in Lima Central Catholic High School, and I worked with him at the school, and I'm a little guy, seven, eight years old. I say I worked with him. I'm running around the school playing the whole time. I'm in the library listening to records. And that was one oh, of the yeah, okay. that they had in the library. And that's how right. I discovered Three Dog Night. <laughs> okay. So it's so it's Lima, Ohio. It's not Lima. That's what, yeah, we say Lima. We say okay, Lima. cool. I think it's Lima, Peru. Which, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> when I was a kid, my mom used to uh, uh, fly me there to see my dad. Uh, at one time, they almost had a mix-up. And I almost wound up in, <laughs> in Peru. In Peru? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. All right. Seahawks Chargers. Fires plus favors the Chargers. And you have the Chargers. Well, you and I have been praising Geno Smith, and deservedly so. But he had his hands full last weekend against the Arizona Cardinals defense. He could only muster 197 yards through the air, and he had no touchdown passes. And he got sacked five times. He got hit seven times. Five he times? had a really tough day. Yeah, he got sacked five times. Mm. Now, the hero of the day, however, the guy that pulled them through was a rookie running back because, right. remember, Rashad Penny got injured. So right. Kenneth Walker III came through, had 21 carries, 97 yards, scored a touchdown. The rest of the scoring came from the kicker. We got to give kickers their praise when they do the job. Four field goals by Jason Myers got the job done for the Seahawks. Now, as far as I'm concerned, the L.A. Chargers are the most disappointing team of the season so far. You, you know I picked them to win the AFC West. They're playing – I don't want to say they're playing poorly, but they're not playing nearly as well as I thought they would. Uh, last week, the run game uh, struggled against the Broncos, who still have a pretty solid defense. And Justin Herbert had to throw the ball 57 times just to consistently move the sticks and get another field goal kicker we got to give praise to, Dustin Hopkins, who basically played with one leg. He had a strained hamstring, but he kicked four field goals to get the win for them. That yeah, being he was, said... He, he was um, heroic in uh, fighting that... Uh, very heroic. Because yeah. every time he kicked the ball, he like dropped down to a knee and grimaced. Yeah, it's crazy. But he made all four kicks, got the win in an ugly game. Uh, I'm going to go with the Chargers at home against the Seahawks. I have a feeling that's going to be a much more competitive game than it should be. 
but I'm going to go with the Chargers. Going with the Chargers, going with the bias. Vegas is favoring the Chargers by six. So that sounds like a good one there. All right. Still is at Dolphins. Bias plus score 3.2 favors the Dolphins. We said Dak was back, but we didn't say Tua was back. Oh, yeah. Kind of forgot about Tua. Well, let's see. What did, what did the Steelers have to offer us since they're the road team? Uh, they've got a lot of injuries on defense, too. I thought Tom Brady would go in there and feast on its, on their secondary. It's so depleted. But instead, the defense was actually stout. Every time the Buccaneers got into the red zone, Pittsburgh Steelers defense stood up to them. They held them to field goals instead of letting them score touchdowns. And Mitchell Trubisky got a chance to redeem himself. Kenny Pickett got concussed in the third quarter. Trubisky came in, threw a touchdown pass, led the team to victory over the Buccaneers. That was a big win for them. Big win. Big win. Now, the Dolphins. Tua should be back next week. Teddy Bridgewater was back last week. He didn't get much help on the ground. Their run game is still really shaky. I thought Mostert was about to emerge, but he only had one really good game. Um, Teddy had to throw the ball 34 times. He completed 23 passes. He did throw two touchdowns, but the Vikings defense was all over him. Skylar Thompson actually came in and played a little bit at the end. So altogether, the Vikings defense sacked the two of them six total times. They put up 13 quarterback hits, most of them on Teddy, and they intercepted Teddy twice. Poor Teddy Two Gloves took a beating. Crazy thing is Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle both had big statistical games, which was good for whoever had them in fantasy, but it couldn't get them into the end zone. So if they don't score touchdowns, they can't win. That being said, Steelers got to go to Miami. I think they bounce back. I think Tua has a good game, and I'm going with the Dolphins. Going with the Dolphins. Tyreek Hill's leading the league in uh, receiving yardage. As he should. I'm telling you, you can't, you can't stop that man. Can't stop him at all. And Vegas is favoring Miami by seven, minus seven. So that is, I believe, the Sunday night game, Benny. Okay. That is the Sunday night game, which means that the next game is Monday night. Wow. Bears at Patriots by a plus score of 9.4 favors the Billy Zappi-led Patriots with the mastermind at coach. <laughs> Everybody was counting them out. They're like, ah, they're done. And out <laughs> to the third string quarterback. Damn. And Bailey Zappi comes in, and now we might even have a quarterback controversy. <laughs> okay. This sounds like we're talking about the Cowboys four weeks ago. Right. It's basically the same thing. Wait, Zappi wait, wait. You say Mac Jones is on the same level as Dak? I'm not, I'm not saying that. And comparatively to I'm not. Zappi? I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying the situation between starter going down and backup doing well is the same. Similar, as yes, soon yes. as Dak went down, everybody said the Cowboys are finished. Done. Done. I don't remember hearing anybody say, hey, let's not bury him yet. Let's see what Cooper Rush can do. The guy won four games. Okay? Now, Mac Jones gets goes down. I don't think anybody's comparing Mac Jones to Dak Prescott. Although, actually, if you really look at it, the difference isn't that big. Right, okay. <laughs> but as soon as he goes down, they're like, oh, my God. Well, they do have a veteran, Brian Hoyer. Oh, he's down, too? Now what? Fourth-round draft pick, Bailey Zappi. Here's the funny thing. Bailey Zappi was a fourth-round draft pick. The Patriots actually had their eye on this guy. They went out and got him, okay? Fourth round ain't bad. Remember, Tom Brady was picked in the sixth round. He was right. almost an afterthought. Wow. They targeted Zappi. They liked his college career, okay? But let's talk about the Bears real quick. They lost an ugly game to Washington last week. Um, 
Both those teams are struggling. There's not a whole lot I can say positive about the Bears, so I won't try. Poor yeah. Justin Fields. I think I said that last week. Poor Justin Fields. Um, the Patriots, on the other hand, put on a hell of a performance in Cleveland last week. Rookie quarterback Bailey Zappi looked good again, throwing for 309 yards and two touchdowns. He got help from a solid run game. Uh, Damian Harris is down. Ramondre Stevenson took over. He looked good. The defense was suffocating. Now, listen to these stats, okay? Poor Jacoby Brissett got sacked four times, hit nine times, and intercepted twice. And Nick Chubb came into the game as the leading rusher in the league, and they basically shut Nick Chubb down. Take the Patriots, please. Take the Patriots. Vegas is uh, favoring the Patriots at minus eight. Whew. Man, we put some work in there, buddy. Yeah. But it ain't, we're not done yet. We have at least one more thing to cover. You talked about it earlier, the bi-week teams, Detroit, Tennessee, Vegas, and Houston. <coughs> Excuse me. So we don't have to spend any time on that. But we do have to congratulate the Atlanta Falcons. And you know I don't like doing this. <laughs> Who beat my 49ers. They had an unfavorable bias plus score of 10.6. <clears throat> and they won by 14. For a bias plus buster score of 24.6. Congratulations. The Atlanta Falcons. Okay, that's not bad. There you go. <laughs> yeah, they got it. They got it done, man. I had to get they it. bullied y'all on the ground, man. It was ugly. Yeah, well, you know, again, you'd be surprised when people are missing and they're like, well, you know, these other guys got to step up. But sometimes it takes them a, uh, at least a game or two to get, you know, that's why we talk about the second preseason. It takes these guys a game or two to kind of get this up coordinated if they hadn't played at all, you know? So. It is what it is, but uh, they, they played well. Mariota played well. So you got to give them credit for that. Yep. All right. Uh, that's all I got, Benny. Anything from you? Nope. Go nose. Go nose. <laughs>